1: what is going on colts nation welcome back to another episode of bring the juice your guys cody and Derek, back for another episode guys and Derek, it has been it feels like it's been a long time since you and i have been together it feels good to be back how are you doing man how was uh the game a couple weeks ago and then how have you been i feel like we haven't seen each other in a bit
2: yeah it's definitely been crazy um and you know how it is every year around the holidays. It always gets uh very busy for you and I for this stuff. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about going to that game. It sucked. Uh it really sucked losing the game the way we did, but I'm glad that Indy was able to bounce back against the Steelers and make it makes the uh the loss feel a little less worse uh than what it was. So yeah. all in all, everything's been good, man. Uh just working you know doing this channel trying to build the other channel just keep trying to do more content man and get ready for this end of the season how have you been man
1: been good yeah like you said it's, it's just a crazy time of year you know between family feels was like 100, 100 christmas parties that i'm going to it's just wild but but all good at the same time you know and it definitely feels makes it even a little bit better a ch- little bit of a cherry on top of the colts are right now in the playoff picture and have been very good and have won five of the last six, I believe it's been. So it's been great to see that. Um, you know, it's funny, Derek, you mentioned the Cincinnati game, how bad that game was. I tell you, man, about a quarter and a half into the Pittsburgh game, people were saying, Cody, you're bad luck. He <laughs> must be bad <laughs> luck streaming. You know how people say about our, our guy, Logan, who does the content about how he, whenever he goes to games, the Colts lose. Well, it was the same way on the channel. And so, uh, definitely felt good when the colts started getting their their stuff together in the second half so uh but yeah definitely feeling good man about where they're at about just the time of year I love christmas and uh, excited man about the next couple games here for the colts cuz they're going to be huge
2: absolutely man and it's funny that people will say you're bad luck like you the colts have lost one game cody since you've been married bro i'm just telling you you, you did, that decision has definitely helped spark this little winning streak that Indy has going on right now. And listen, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I'll be back to doing streaming here for the next couple of weeks. I know I haven't been available, but Hey, listen, it's, it's really cool that, you know, and it was the shout out to our guy, Logan, who finally got his revenge and finally got to break his own curse, uh, of finally going to an indie game and them winning. Uh, And not only winning, but having their most convincing win of the year, let alone anything else. So, yeah, shout out to the Yeah,
1: yeah, it was like the two curses, the curse against Pittsburgh and the curse of Logan, and they canceled (laughs) each other out and the Colts won or something. I don't know. But, yeah, it's crazy to think about when I saw that stat, Derek, that the Colts hadn't beat Pittsburgh since 2008. Uh, That's just wild to me that that's been that long. Um, but you know there's been a lot of tight games but yeah I guess the Colts have just found ways to lose against Pittsburgh so uh, great to see some of those curses lifted and I feel like really the last two um, that Shane Steichen has to do and he can't really do it this year unless of course the playoffs something happens there but winning week one and winning down in Jacksonville those are like the two things the two monkeys the Colts got to get off their back with Shane Steichen but uh, it's been a fun year of getting some of those curses lifted a little bit. So really oh, yeah. excited about that, Derek. And, and so with that, man, I feel like a big reason for that, and that kind of leads us in to the transition to talking about the topic of this video, you know, this Indianapolis Colts defense. You know, it's really interesting, Derek, because this defense – when you think about it, you look at stats alone. Okay, doesn't look like a great defense, right? I'm pulling up the stats right here. Indianapolis Colts, 27th right now in points allowed per you know in the total season, 21st in yards. Um, you know, not that great. You know, they're right around a little bit above average when it comes to rushing or passing yards allowed per game. And then rushing yards, uh, they've been pretty poor without Grover Stewart, um, and and they're right now at 26. So you look at those pure numbers right there, and you're like, man, this Colts defense has not been good this year. But, Derek, there's two things the Colts defense, I think, has done this year that they did not do a season ago. Right, While the team statistically probably was better on defense last year, uh, the fact is the Indianapolis Colts have done a great job at getting after the quarterback, number one, And number two, a great job of taking the ball away in terms of interceptions, right? The Colts come in to, you know, these next couple games here. Right now, the top three in terms of getting after the quarterback, getting sacks and interceptions. And I think those are things that we just didn't see last year, Derek. I mean, the Colts were decent last year at getting after the quarterback. I'm not even talking last year. I'm talking the last five to ten years, it feels like. The Colts have struggled, especially – in the pass rush department, to get after the quarterback, it's been something that really outside of Robert Mathis's, you know, uh, league leading sack year in 2013, we've seen what Eric Walden have a random 11 sack year. Yeah, Justin Houston have a couple good years in it with Indianapolis, which by the way just got released by the Panthers. Let's bring him back. I wouldn't mind another veteran addition there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, Denico Autry. Obviously, we know what he was able to do with Indianapolis, but they haven't had the type of year from, you know, really all of their starting four, if you will, um, where they have consistently had their entire unit getting after the quarterback at the rate they're getting after him this year. You know, right now they're 46 sacks. I think that's one away from the franchise record in Indianapolis Colts history. And, you know, it's not like there's just one guy who's out there and who has, you know, 15, 16 sacks. It's consistently guys right now, Derek, who are pushing that 10-sack boundary. I mean, right now you look at it, there are three players on the Colts right now that are under three sacks away from being a double-digit sack player. And so the fact that that's kind of all happened, it's just incredible to see um, just where this defense has come the last couple years and and getting after the quarterback and just, because they've added a lot of guys. They've invested a ton into this unit And so to see that start to pay off a little bit, it's definitely been really, really a positive thing to see this year from this defense.
2: And especially when you talk about how, of those three guys that are less than three sacks away, one of them is not DeForest Buckner. And that's the crazy part thinking about it. If you had told me, Cody, that DeForest Buckner would be fourth on this defensive line, of starters, not even starters. Like, I mean, Dio Dangbo is not a starter. And Dio Dangbo is getting more sacks than DeForest Buckner. If you'd have told me that was the situation we're in, I'd have said you're crazy. Like, I mean, honestly, because that is what we have come accustomed to seeing. And the, what is it now, three years that DeForest Buckner has been with the Indianapolis Colts? Those last three years, we've seen where he has been the guy. This is now his fourth year. But in those first three years, he was the guy that consistently got the most pressure. He was the guy that constantly was in the other quarterback space. And up until last year, when Yanni gakwe did it better than him and getting more sacks, DeForest Buckner was still the guy. Like everyone talked about he's the guy, right? And we talked about how we never really saw anyone else take advantage of. DeForest Buckner getting the double teams well now you have three guys that are all taking advantage of the double teams that DeForest Buckner is forcing teams to have to do on him because if you don't then DeForest Buckner will kill you in the middle of the football field so it's been great to see and I mean this is truly crazy because I think last year statistically Indy was I think a top eight team in the NFL and sacks by the end of the year. But I think even people would tell you that those sacks, they really didn't feel like they were doing much. Um, I think it just mainly had to do with the fact, Cody, that the offense was so mediocre. Uh, It just felt like the defense, even though they got all these sacks, it just really didn't feel like it changed the game at all because Indy was never taking advantage of the defensive plays that the Colts defense was making, uh, especially in the sack department. But this Mm -hmm. year it feels like a different magnitude because you're right. It's not just one guy doing it. It's not, Yannick and Gawkway with his 10 sacks and then DeForest Buckner with his seven and a half. And then the next highest guys like five and a half, four and a half, four, you know, like it's, it's not that sort of situation. You have three guys that realistically could finish the season with 10 sacks by the end of the season. And if DeForest Buckner has himself a couple of really great games, hell he could too. He honestly could too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, crazy to see just the whole defensive line become so great and I mean we have to talk about it I think it just it matters because the guys you have brought in as you said the Colts have invested a lot of draft capital and and free agency moves into fixing this defensive line and it's finally paying off for the Indianapolis Colts right now
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, you asked about last year, the Colts were tied for 10th with 44 sacks. So, yeah. And that's through 17 games. So they already have 46 through what? 15 games or something like that, 14, 14 games, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what regard, yeah, I guess they have their bye week. So, yeah, that would make sense. So, through 14 games, they have 46 sacks right now, which is crazy. Um, and it's not like, you know, when you look at DeForest Buckner and you say, oh, well, Buckner, Buckner's just not having a great year. That's not what it is, right? Yeah. You mentioned it. He had seven sacks all of last year and he already has six this year. And he had a set, he had a half a sack, you know, in this last week, and he was one of the highest graded defenders. So DeForest Butner is still very much on his game and yeah. is still very much one of the best three techs in the NFL. But you're right in the fact that now there are guys who are taking advantage. I mean, so many guys you can point to. I mean, talk about some breakout years. Derek, I was just looking at it. The top three guys here for the Indianapolis Colts in sacks are all having career years in terms mm-hmm. of getting after the quarterback, right? Quiddy Pay, seven and a half sacks. He's more of the well-rounded guy, I feel like, out of, you know, the top three, I would say. Although Abukum is also pretty good at stopping the run. But like Quiddie, I feel like is is never never gonna be that, you know, crazy sack guy. He's just never gonna be that guy. He's always a solid defender, who I think is a well-rounded player. But he's never going to round into that, you know, fifteen, routinely fifteen sack type of guy, unless something crazy happens. I just don't feel like he's that type of player. But he's having he has seven and a half sacks. You mentioned it, you know, he's only you know two and a half sacks away from from ten, and he, you know, we already we already have three more games left to go, so he could definitely get some more there in that last three weeks here. And then, obviously, Dio Dengbo with what he did, you know, eight sacks on the year already, and just seems like he's really, really finding himself. He came on super strong at the end of last year, and he has just carried that over here into year number three. Or you could even call it year number two if you really don't want to count that first year Mm -hmm. because of that injury. I mean, he's really warmed up, and he's really become— Really unblockable getting after the quarterback. And then obviously you gotta talk about Samson Abuka, Derek. I mean, I mean, I would ask you this. Do you think he's the best free agent signing of Chris Ballard's career so far in Indianapolis? I think you can make a case for it. He's been fantastic. You know, nearly 10 sacks, nine and a half. And Derek right now, he is ranked as the number 14th player on the edge in the entire NFL. So, it's not like he's just a one trick pony getting after the quarterback, right? Um, you know, nine and a half sacks, but also he is pretty stout against the run as well. And so, you look at that, you know, he came into the year, Derek, off of career year last year at Anderson, San Francisco, where he only had what, five sacks? And he comes into this year and he's already doubled the amount of sacks that he had a year ago. So, um, all three of these players. You know, guys that you were having to rely on, that you were counting to take the leap, right? Because none of these guys previous to this did anything close to what they're doing now. And you've seen the Colts' faith in these guys that they've invested in via draft or via free agency. Because it was, you know, honestly, Derek, you, you remember when the Colts signed EbuCom, people were saying, oh, why'd you sign a guy who only has five sacks? That's the, the most he's ever had in, his, in a single season. Why are you signing this guy to this kind of contract? Right, the Colts took a risk on him. They oh, yeah. took a risk on that signing to pay off with more snaps. And so far, so good. So it's been great to see these three guys having these career years that they are, um, and and the fact that the Forrest Buckner still doing what he's doing really has made for a dangerous group up front at really getting after the quarterback and making plays.
2: It, Ballard just loves to steal those 49ers defensive linemen, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much the the counterpart here to Bukum and DeForest Buckner, both coming from the 49ers. Um, Hey, it's worked out twice. It has worked out very well for Indy. Um, Again, like you said, DeForest Buckner, yeah, the stats are not like the sack numbers are not there. But again, when DeForest Buckner came to Indy in the first year, teams did not realize DeForest Buckner was DeForest Buckner. Like, that was the, at the time when he came to Indy, was the second best defensive tackle in all of the NFL behind Aaron Donald. Chris Jones was arguably in that situation. Now I would argue Chris Jones probably is a little bit better than DeForest Buckner, but I doubt that there's very few, there's maybe only those two guys that impact the game more from the 3 tech than DeForest Buckner does from that perspective. Very few guys in the NFL on the inside warrant uh, double teams every time you go up on a snap, and DeForest Buckner is one of those. Um, In regards to the three other dudes, I mean, Quiddy Pay, his biggest asset this year, he's been healthy, Cody. He's been healthy. Mm -hmm. He's not missed a lot of games this year, and it's allowed him to rack up some of these sacks And, you know, he's been able to improve on his bull rush. He's been able to get a little more powerful, keep that speed, not look like he's injured, and he's able to get a few occasional plays. He he just looks more comfortable in that regard. And I would argue that for uh, the next guy, especially Dio Adangbo. This is the guy that, indeed, when they drafted him, this is the guy that they were hoping they would get with Dio Dengbo. and I would argue, Cody, he is not even done improving yet. I still think there is another level to Dio Dengbo that could be even greater. And if that's the sort of situation, then I, I'm pretty sure Ballard feels the same way about it. Dio Dangbo, he's not as consistent, I would say, as Pay or Abukum, but he's flashy. That guy just makes plays out of nowhere. He always seems to find the way towards the ball. And you saw it in the Patriots game, the first three sacks of the game all came from Dio Dangbo almost all in the first quarter, right? So Dio Dangbo took over that game. And we saw in the Houston game, he got his hand on a, a ball with CJ Stroud. He forced a fumble. We got that. Uh, against Baltimore, I think he had the same thing. It, it's every once in a while, Dio Adangbo, while he sacks people, he also finds a really great way to uh, get the ball knocked out as well. He has a great attribute of that. And this is the guy that finally is healthy, learning, getting better. He's young, and he he's cu- he came off that uh, ACL injury out of college and he's finally getting him his feet underneath him. And, of course, like you said, with Abukum, I mean, talk about a dude that, like, we said it, like, I think my projected stats for him this year were about seven or eight sacks, which I thought would have been really good for this team uh, if they would have gotten that. And now he's at nine and a half, and he's most likely going to hit double digits uh, on sack totals this year. I mean, he has taken full reigns to... He does not get double teamed. He doesn't get double teamed Cody. And that's where he's able to utilize his speed on the outside edge. And he takes full advantage of it. And I I don't know what else I I really am struggling at times. Like, cause you and I were talking about it earlier. Like how did this team just ascend like this with the defensive lineman? It's very strange. Uh, The only way I can really say about it is guys are just more comfortable in the system. I don't know what it is, but like they they just got a year older. They got a year's worth of more experience and guys just got better. I mean, it's just the only way I can really think about it.
1: Yeah. And and then you have key different guys that maybe don't necessarily get talked about, who I think have played a very important role for this team. Right. Guys like Taequann Lewis, who have stepped in. And, yeah, it's not the most flashiest thing, but he's done what he needs to do. Oh, yeah. You know, you have different guys who have stepped in, you know, and have made key contributions. While it may never show up, like, in the stats, right, but, like, they've been solid guys as well that have contributed. You know, I think Lewis has three sacks on the year, which is nothing crazy, but, like, he's been a consistent guy in there. It feels like he's been
2: in the backfield more than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it
1: does. It does. I feel like his impact isn't – shown on the stats necessarily but like there's just different guys who have come you know kind of out of nowhere in a little bit of you know situations or have been kind of reserve key guys that that have made this defense what it is right now in terms of getting after the quarterback so definitely been a great thing to see um I would love to see more at a Tommy as well I know he's been more of a healthy scratch as of recent but I would like to see him get a little bit more run I mean I, I would like to see kind of what he can do because he did show some flashes there. A couple weeks ago, you know, kind of in the start of the win streak, he had a couple of different moments, especially in that Carolina game. So we'd like to see him, you know, as a rookie, get some more snaps. But regardless, his defensive lines looked really, really good. And it's been really exciting. But, Derek, we also have to talk about this secondary and taking the ball away for this defense. I mean, Derek, we've talked about it at great length at this point. How this secondary really has not been dealt a very fair hand this this season. I mean, you think about it: you lose your starting, presumed starting cornerback due to you know for the year he's suspended due to some betting stuff. You know that's obviously a huge blow, one that you did not expect. You know you draft three rookies; two of them are still in the roster, two of them are starting for you right now. Yeah, you know the other starting corner, Dallas Flowers, who is playing pretty well, he goes out really early in the season. You know, and you've just had these injuries after injuries or bad situations after bad situations. And the fact that that's happened, but the Colts have still been able to take the ball away as much as they have with Juju Brents, Jalen Jones, Kenny Moore having a resurgent year. You know, the two safeties back there, you know, with Julian Blackman having a career high interceptions with four this year, probably should have about five or six. I know he's dropped a couple this year. Um, You know, you have, you know, Rodney Thomas still back there. He has a couple. And then Nick Cross, who right now, Derek, is playing at a phenomenal level and just had his first career interception against the Steelers. I mean, this is a secondary, Derek, that outside of really Kenny Moore and maybe Julian Blackman, is extremely young and extremely inexperienced. But you see some of these things and some of these flashes from this team. And you've seen some of these veterans, right, in more, and also in Blackman lead the way and lead the charge with four and three interceptions respectively there. So talk to me about what this team has done despite some issues, some leaky moments. They've still been able to create those turnovers in the form of interceptions, haven't they? And I wouldn't even put
2: Julian Blackman in the category of old. Yeah, I get that he's about to. He's 25. uh, Yeah, he's only 25. I mean, this kid's about to get a really good second contract. Um, When it comes to this, I mean, let's also not forget the Indianapolis Colts are, uh, what now, 19 games in a row, Cody? Dating back to last year of forcing a turnover. And granted, not all of them have been interceptions. Uh, A lot of that's been on the defensive lines part because they get the strip sacks. And that's another thing we didn't even talk about with the defensive linemen. They're forcing turnovers. But again, like you said, the big plays in the secondary, that's something that last year Indy didn't have much of. Like Rodney Thomas had a really good year last year at turning the ball over. But outside of that, you have not seen that from the Indianapolis Colts outside of that situation. I mean, you think about it, look, Julian Blackman with four interceptions on the year, like you said, I mean, the dude practically could have six or seven right now if it weren't for uh, a few times having Butterfingers. But other than that, he ha- he's on it. Kenny Moore, that two-interception game against the Carolina Panthers, we took both of those for touchdowns, has three on the year. Ronnie Harrison who's not even a safety anymore, Cody. He was a safety. He's just a big safety. That's why they move him to linebacker because they said this is a guy that in third and long situations, he has that Hawkeye ability to be able to do that. And he has only been on this roster for what? Three games? And has had two interceptions already on the year. (laughs) One of which went back for a pick six. So... I mean, that is incredible. Rodney Thomas has had two this year. Crazy to think about, I know. Uh, Tony Brown had one. Nick Cross, like you said, had that big one against the Pittsburgh Steelers early in the game last week. Juju Brent has one this year, despite missing all the time that he has this year. And then Alubi had that one in the Carolina game as well. I mean, again, it's not just one or two guys that are impacting these, these interception numbers, everyone is getting a piece. And I would like to think that the biggest reason behind this, and there's a couple reasons behind it. But I think one of the biggest things is Cody is the defensive lines after effect of getting to the quarterback. So frequently you you're having a lot more of these errant throws from these bad quarterbacks this year. Uh, Cause again, AFC quarterbacks this year—they've been just demolished. Like we've, we there's been a lot of games this year where you're playing against backup quarterbacks. This year, a hundred percent—that's factual. But with the defensive line getting the consistent pressure that it has, you are forcing these quarterbacks to have to get the ball out quickly and make decisions that they don't normally like to do. And when you have to do that against a zone scheme that has a bunch of guys that are really good at getting after the football, like the Colts do, that is, that spells disaster. And it's been a lot of great times where Julian Blackman's been in a great position. Kenny Moore's been locked out. Ronnie Harrison in the few games that he's been there has been getting after it. Nick Cross. I mean, my goodness, he lost George Pickens dude. Like, I mean, there's, I don't know if there's any, I don't know how many corners or even safeties for that matter can say that they could actually moss George Pickens like that. I mean, that is incredible. He timed that perfectly. And I know you've been a huge advocate for it's time to get Nick Cross some more snaps in any way that you can. Try to get that dude out there the best that you can. I mean, it has been because the defensive line is forcing these Offenses to have to change their game plan because of the way that the defensive line is getting consistent pressure, this secondary has, even though it's been young, it's been able to take advantage of mistakes because of what the defensive line's been able to throw out there.
1: I think it's twofold because you've seen as well, you know, some of these sacks that we'll call coverage sacks, right? So I do think this, this secondary has also been been good as well. And the defensive line has been a benefactor of this secondary locking down some of these players. And so I think it goes both ways. I think you could you can oh, yeah. see how this defensive line, how good they've been this year. They forced some of those inerrant throws. And also the secondary has given this defensive line more time to get after the quarterback. So I think both units are working extremely well together to make this work. And and that's a big reason why they're both in the top three right now. And so it's definitely great to see Derek and for the thing, you know, for the different injuries this team has had this year, um, you know, whether it's, you know, different guys being out for injuries, whether it's been suspensions, whether it's whatever it's been, it feels like this team and especially this defense has been dealt a lot of just negative things this year, right? And they've had some very negative moments, but when it matters, Derek, uh, and when this team now has gotten healthy, this defense is starting to ball out. They really are starting to do some things. Yeah. They may give up some points. Yeah. They may give up some yards, but at the end of the day, they're doing the things that matter. They're getting after the quarterback and they're taking the ball away, which are yep. huge. And you mentioned the strip sacks, which we haven't even talked about the Colts are one of the top teams right now in strip sacks and, and so just turnovers everywhere. The Colts are doing a great job at doing that in general. So that's definitely great to see, especially with an offense that we know that you know, they've had a tendency at times to turn the ball over. So the, the fact that the Colts have a defense that can do the same thing definitely helps them out in that department. But it's very exciting to see where this team goes because you know outside of a few guys like Buckner and Kenny Moore, you talked about it. This defense is extremely young. Like they're extremely young. Buckner's not even thirty yet, you know, and Kenny Moore's right there at the edge of twenty. So like, both these guys are still like, when they turn thirty, they're young thirty, right? So a lot of young guys here, a lot of guys in their, you know, mid to you know, young twenties right now, which is cool. A couple guys in their late twenties, but overall, this defense has been pretty good this year in those two departments, and so. It's going to be critical, Derek, for this defense to continue to do this. The Colts hope to you know extend this winning streak and win the final three games because there is literally no margin for error for this team in the last three weeks. These three games that, are my wins. Yeah.
2: it Well, and Indy doesn't win the yardage battle most times, Cody, and that is a situation that Indy has to deal with because – There's been a lot of things going on with injuries and everything else that has gone forth. We can argue scheme. We can argue this and that uh, all we want. And that all is valid. But in order for you as a defense to help your team win, if you're going to lose the yardage battle, which most times Indy does, the only way to win games, if you're going to do that, is to force turnovers and to make the big plays in the situations that matter and Cody yep. I can I can go back a million different times to situations where it looked where the defense was backed up against the wall and had to make a play not only for themselves but for the offense and Indy's defense has done it time and time again last year's defense was a much better defense they were able to keep people from uh passing the ball very frequently they They eliminated the middle of the field a lot of times. They were a much better team at stopping the run. Yardage wise, that defense last year was much better, but they were able to, they, but they lacked in making the big play. This year, this team does not lack from making big plays. They make at least five or six of them every single game. And that is why Indy keeps winning these games because even if, You're going to give up a few points here and there. If you can get your offense, if you could even score off of a turnover or put your offense inside the 25-yard line in opponent's territory from a turnover, which Indy does almost every single game at this point, that is how you win football games. You give your offense the benefit of the doubt. And Indy's defense has been doing that all season long.
1: Yeah, and that's what good teams do, right, Derek? They close. They finish. And that's how many times did we see that last year where the Colts could have finished. They had the chance defensively to finish. I mean, the Eagles game last year. You know, the the Washington game last year. Heck, the Dallas game going into the fourth quarter. Like, they had so many opportunities. I, I only scratch the surface on There's a lot more games you could point to where the Colts could have and should have finished last year. And that's just what they're doing this year. You know, whether it's Abukum getting a sack, you know, to win the game in Tampa Bay, whether it's Julian Blackman getting a, you know, stealing interception in the Pittsburgh game. Like the Colts are doing things that matter that will win them football games when it matters the most. They're taking the ball away and they're doing a great job of doing that. And that's ultimately like, even if they do find themselves, Derek, in a 13 to nothing hole against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the fact that they're able to, you know, that they're good for at least one or two. you know, turnovers per game, like those sorts of things are huge, huge for a defense to have. And so it's definitely a great thing for this team. And, you know, if they do get into the playoffs, that's going to be a huge thing for them as well. Right. Um, And the fact that now they're getting a little bit healthier, maybe they can start to clean up a little bit of the, you know, the yardage and things like that. I've definitely looked really, really good against the Steelers, especially after kind of the slow start. They shut them out. So, I mean, I know it's not a great offense at all. It's pretty putrid, but like they did what they needed to do. They didn't let a backup quarterback beat them. And and so uh, they're going to be facing another guy, Taylor Heineke on Sunday, and they're going to have a chance at redemption because remember Derek, Taylor Heineke won the game last year for the Washington commanders. And so they're going to have a chance here at some redemption and proving that they are not the defense they were last year. They're not the team they were last year. They can close out games And they can get consistent pressure. So it'll be fun to watch, man. I'm really excited to see how the final three games go. But uh, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts overall on this defense this year. Talk about the defensive line, the sacks they've gotten, also the turnovers, you know, the the forced fumbles, the interceptions. Talk to me about all that. Talk to us about, about all that in the comments below. Be sure to smash that like button, turn on subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you know when we drop fresh content just like this. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And as always, guys, go Colts.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.